I think for myself and for others to do, you know, good deeds. I think it's something so fundamental in us and, and it's so healing to do good for others, you know? Welcome to the Alopecia Project. This is the podcast that uncovers the world of alopecia through conversations about the ups, the downs, and the every days of living with hair loss. Today, we are so excited to have Yale Malkin on the show with us. Yale is a microblading expert working with permanent makeup since 2016. She owns her own permanent makeup salon in Toronto, Ontario called Browse by Yale. And I'm very excited to have Yale on because uh, especially for me, um, she actually did my own eyebrows last year and they are absolutely amazing. I'm really obsessed and I've been uh, really excited to get you on the, the podcast to talk about that experience a bit more. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Yes, thank you so much for being here. I'm I'm on the other end of the spectrum because I actually know basically nothing about microblading. I mean, <laughs> I've seen some photos where it looks really good, but I don't know a lot of the details. So I'm so excited to learn more. So just to start, why don't you tell us what is microblading? Well, microblading is a form of permanent makeup. I mean, it all falls kind of under a big umbrella of different techniques. And microblading is just one of the techniques that we use to kind of create, well, it's called like semi-permanent makeup, but I think it's just called semi because it fades and you need to continue sort of touching it up over the years. Not that it's like semi-permanent, like a henna where it disappears. So it just falls, uh, all of it falls under permanent makeup. And just the way to kind of enhance what you do have or what you don't have. Yeah. So, you know, I, when I came to see you, um, I had very little eyebrows. I think I was losing most of it at the time. Just out of curiosity, what types of people come to your salon? Are they people with eyebrows and, or with alopecia? Or do you have, you know, customers just every day who like to get their eyebrows enhanced as well? I think just, I mean, I'd say probably 95% of people that come in are women, some with eyebrows, some without. I think it's just a matter of like enhancing, making, you know, your mornings a little easier. Our society is very, you know, into easy peasy, you know, like having eyelashes, like when you get your lashes extend, uh, done for eyelash extensions or just eyeliner tattoos. We do so many things to kind of speed up our getting ready. We're such a busy society. Like no one really wants to go and like draw on their eyebrows for 30 minutes a day. And then someone gives you a hug and wipes it off. You know, I was raised in the eighties and nineties. So I also had that issue with or without alopecia. <laughs> But I do get a ton of clients that have alopecia, whether it's, you know, the whole eyebrow or just parts of the eyebrow, um, late teenagers to late 80s. I mean, my oldest client is 87. Wow. She's so wonderful. Miss Ruth. Uh, <laughs> she stole my heart. Um, and then I had a 17-year-old that had, um, you know, a, a scar on her eyebrow and I, I recreated the, the full eyebrow for her. So it really varies from all kinds of women, from the boss lady to the hippies to like really just anybody who wants to to enhance to feel better to feel more beautiful to feel more feminine or just to feel a little more put together but like i said that permanent makeup overall is a really huge umbrella and under it there's so many different techniques that change 
based on sort of what is the skin type of the person, what kind of anatomy we're looking at, what is the existing eyebrow that you have or eyelashes. So there's many, many different techniques from like nanobrows, which is I think what we did for you, Sarah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So nano is a more like of a gentle technique with a single hair stroke. Uh, um, When I say hair stroke, it's like a single needle that creates hair-like, hyper-realistic hair looking strokes with a very thin, flexible needle, but it's a machine where microblading is done with a handheld tool with needles on the end of it that are kind of in a line. Also, the needles are very thin, but it is done by hand. So you kind of create these little micro cuts or like little paper cuts type of Uh, depth, and then you just apply the pigment into it. So when it heals the paper cut, I'm going to call it a paper cut because it's easy to kind of visualize it. So these little cuts, micro cuts, uh, now that they're filled with pigment will now heal and the pigment will be in the skin as the scab comes off. Then there's powder brows, which is just a very powdery looking eyebrow. So it looks more like makeup as opposed to uh, hair strokes. And that also, if someone has very problematic skin or very oily skin or lots of capillaries and like lots of rosacea, then it's a better technique to, to go with the powder brows. So yeah, so there's different techniques. You can do combinations of all, you know, all those together but it is very versatile and it's very customized, you know, per client based on what their existing eyebrows look like, if they have any existing hair or if they don't, and then whatever technique is best for the skin, you know, for the anatomy of the clients. Wow. I really had no idea that there were so many options. Mm -hmm. That is so awesome to hear. And it sounds like you said, it's very versatile Mm -hmm. and you have Lots of options for people with all sorts of different conditions. I know people with alopecia really love microblading, and I've heard a lot of positive things. So Mm -hmm. very cool to hear. Now, I did hear you mention needles. So if you're someone like me and you're a big baby, I think what you want to know is, is microblading going to be painful? And what is that process going to be like? Well, if you've ever seen a photo of me, I'm fully covered in tattoos, and I hate needles. So when it comes to like... A tattoo machine, the needle really goes out only about like two or three millimeters. But that doesn't even mean that you're in putting in the skin the whole two, three millimeters. You're working at maybe a millimeter to a millimeter and a half in terms of depth. So for me, I'm afraid of needles. So I'm scared of like having blood taken out <laughs> because I hate the idea of it going into my vein. Uh, but this is different. It almost is like a superficial continuous little scratch. Of course, there's people who are a lot more sensitive and then you can use like a prenum uh, for just like, you know, five, 10 minutes to take the edge off. But I do use numbing as I work on the client. So the first pass that I do um, is without numbing. The reason why I choose to do it without numbing is because numbing on its own, like a pre-numb cream, has a lot of moisture in it. So it does change the texture of the skin a little bit and it takes it away from the authentic texture. So then you have to put it, it's almost like, like becomes a little more spongy. So for me, I prefer to do the first pass without 
it's a little uncomfortable, but I've had people say that like compared to like tweezing, mm-hmm. you know, or kind of like a cat scratch. It's quite short and maybe takes about five to 10 minutes on each eyebrow. Um, and then after that, you get a topical numbing. So that topical numbing doesn't affect the skin as much. So you can use it throughout. Uh, once I've done the first pass and I've numbed, most of my clients won't even, they say that they don't feel anything. Most of them will go have a nap. It's if someone really can't take it, like if you're on your period, if the hormones like the week before or on your period, then, um, and you're very sensitive naturally, then I recommend maybe waiting until the week after your period or letting me know. And then I can use a bit of a topical, just not for too long of a time, just to take the edge off, you know? So what, uh, I mean, I know for me how long it took. I think I had seen you twice through the entire process in like probably less than an hour each time. What does the process generally look like from start to beginning? And and what does the recovery look like for most people? So I'm going to talk about techniques like for all techniques, it's more or less the same because it's very similar, similar trauma to the skin. So in terms of when the client comes in first, the first thing that I would do, I mean, I've been doing this for, for a while. And I've also, I was a makeup artist for about 15 years before I got into microblading. So I've always, I, I guess you kind of develop an eye with, with uh, the exercise of seeing things, you know, like you can just go into a CrossFit gym and start doing CrossFit. Like it's something that really, um, that you have to develop a niche for it and you have to train that. So um, when a client comes in, I usually will take uh, the face shape, the existing hair, whether it be head or the existing hair that they do have on the eyebrows. If there is no hair, uh, what I would do is I will talk about their uh, choice of wigs or variety of wigs that they have, and we'll talk about the different colors that they want to stay within. So then we decide on an eyebrow color, more or less, you know, the the hue and the shade, like, do we want a warmer color? Do we want a, a more ashy color? Do we want a dark? Like, then I go over what can happen to the skin if we choose this color as opposed to that color. Like, warm colors heal a little bit better over time. Uh, they look a little more soft over time, where if you go with a very dark, harsh, let's say black, it, there's a chance that as the skin heals over time, that it can look, the, the color can look different as the skin starts to heal over top. So I'll give you an example. Um, skin acts as a filter, right? right? So if you are using a black pigment, like a blue black, very, very dark pigment, and the skin is very white that we are working on, or a light, you know, like a beigey, pinky undertone, whatever. As the new skin cells, because it is skin is alive, and it's your biggest organ, so there is a natural rejuvenation of skin cells that will occur. Now, as you're implanting this pigment into the epidermis, and as the epidermis starts to rejuvenate, the pigment that's below the epidermis now looks slightly filtered due to the new layer of skin that grows over top. Does that make sense? Or did I confuse you? <laughs> no, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So we talk, I'll explain these things, like explain the anatomy and how things work, uh, what long-term healing looks like. I, I always like to set realistic expectations because that's very important. We'll go over, 
you know, the natural anatomy of the face, what I think would be the best shape for the client's face. My style is usually very natural and I try to keep them as airy and as soft as possible. So I never really want the eyebrows. I just want them to blend nicely with the face and never to overwhelm the face. Because the last thing that you want is eyebrows that force you to always wear makeup to kind of accommodate the eyebrows, where in reality you want eyebrows that kind of just flow with the rest of the features, right? And if you ever go out and you want to put on a crazy wig on and you want to, you know, do your makeup and you're feeling all sassy and cute and you want to darken them with makeup, you always have that option. But if they're too dark, you can't do that, right? Like you can't make them lighter. We talk about sort of the expectations, what the client wants, uh, what is the shape that they like. Uh, If it's someone with alopecia, I usually ask them to bring me photos of what their eyebrows used to look like, if we can recreate that while still maintaining integrity in the skin and, you know, giving the client anything that I can while doing the best job that I can, then obviously I will. And then we go from there. We do the design. I usually like to freehand or like pre-draw the eyebrow. I know that I did that with uh, Sarah to kind of show her what it looked like. And once they say, yes, okay, that's great, we go ahead, we do the service. It can take anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour and a half, depends. And then go over the aftercare. We usually like to book a touch-up four to 12 weeks later, just to let everything heal and settle. And then if there's a touch-up is usually like a perfecting session. So if there's anything missing or anything that we need to add, Um, usually I try to go a little bit more conservative for clients, not to overwhelm them, you know, and, um, usually they'll come back and be like, I want them bigger, you know, cause it always starts off with like, I want them supernatural and really light and really soft. And then they come back and they're like bigger, thicker, darker. So that gives people time to kind of process, you know, like the actual service. Right. Because it is overwhelming, especially if you haven't had anything and you've been used to drawing them, you know, a certain way. And then all of a sudden someone, t- you know, shows you a completely different look. It can get a little scary. I get it. So I just try to be, you know, more conservative. And then if we need to do more, we can always do more, you know. And uh, and then that's it. And then you're good for a couple of years. Obviously, it depends on like the skin type, there's many factors that will kind of play into how long your eyebrows will last for you. Like if the skin is very oily, uh, if you're younger, uh, the skin cell rejuvenation happens quicker. So they would tend to fade or to lighten faster. If you're using any sort of um, anti-aging creams or retinols or anything that exfoliates the, or that speeds up that skin cell rejuvenation, can also fade them faster if you're in the sun a lot. So many, many factors that go into it. But usually you're looking at about anywhere between a year to three years. You want to get a, a touch up to kind of to color boost the eyebrow, you know? Wow, that's amazing that it lasts so long. That's so convenient. That must be such a game changer for people, especially people with alopecia who don't mm-hmm. even have any eyebrows to begin with. I've, I've heard the difference between... Like I've heard about a different, a few different kinds of, of this sort of um, like temporary eyebrow stuff and I'm not super familiar with it. So what is the difference between like a temporary like eyebrow tattoo or something like that and then the microblading? 
So that's what I was saying before. I think that saying that microblading is a semi-permanent procedure is incorrect because any time that you open skin and you put pigment into the skin, it is considered a permanent makeup procedure. The reason why it's called a temporary tattoo or a semi-permanent tattoo is because it does fade over time. When you work on, let's say, your skin on like your arm, you don't have to get it touched up every year and a half because it's a completely different skin cell rejuvenation on your face and on your leg, let's say. There's uh, oil glands and and just a, a whole other anatomy on your face. So to me, it irks my soul when I see a, oh, so semi-permanent, like, you know, it's supposed to, because I've had people say, well, I thought it was supposed to disappear after a year you know, and that's just not the case. Sometimes it can because the, the color was light to begin with or the skin is very oily or was done uh, inappropriately. Uh, not inappropriate. What's the word I'm looking at? Not properly. <laughs> so sometimes when it's done, what's the word I'm looking for? How do I say it? When it wasn't done, sometimes when it's not done properly, it can fade very quickly if let's say it's done too shallow. Every time the skin is open, no matter what the technique is, whether it be microblading or with a tattoo, it's always considered permanent makeup. That I, I find that super interesting. I didn't really realize all of that, you know, like the when I think about going to get my eyebrows done and like, you know, getting the microblading or, or nano uh, the nanoblading done, I don't necessarily think about like what goes on with the skin and that like rejuvenation process. So I think that's actually really helpful for uh, anybody who is interested in in microblading to to get done. But I, I wanted to talk a little bit about my experience going to get microblading and kind of why I decided to do it. I know there's a lot of people who listen to us who, you know, are, are thinking about are thinking about permanent makeup and thinking about that as an option uh, as they begin to lose their hair. And so when I started, when my, I used to have um, alopecia areata, and then it quickly transitioned into um, alopecia universalis. So I very soon lost all of my body hair. And really, funnily enough, my eyebrows were kind of the last area to go. But in knowing that they were going, because I was, I was seeing the hair kind of go away, I was looking at different options and I had been like drawing in the eyebrows and you're right, Yale, it takes so much time every morning to do Mm -hmm. it. It's just, it's such an investment because you have to get, whether you're getting pencils or or whatever it is, right? Different colors and just different material. It takes a long time. Um, And I'm not very good at it, to be honest with you, just like trying to match one eyebrow to the next. So I was getting quite frustrated. And it was actually a friend of mine who uh, recommended microblading to me. And I had never known what that was. I kind of knew what, you know, getting eyebrows tattooed on what was, but I didn't know kind of what went into it. It was actually a, I think a client of yours, Yale, who referred me to you and who had really enjoyed that experience. And I know I gave you guys a call. We, We booked the first appointment. I don't even think we needed a consultation. And I think what I found very surprising and very helpful the first time that we met was you went over the eyebrow shapes with me. And that's something that like I hadn't thought about and understanding, you know, what is the texture? What is the shape of the eyebrow that I 
want to have and like Mm -hmm. not having eyebrows and and not knowing what that could look like. I think I really appreciated you drawing out different options for me. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about different eyebrow shapes and kind of what people should think about when they have no hair and they want to get microblading done? Yeah. So I think, you know, as an artist, I've grown so much from when I started doing this because I went from like a field of makeup, which is really semi-permanent because you just, or just not permanent at all. And you just wash it off. So into the world of permanent makeup. So I think in that beginning, when I was just first starting out, I also didn't really grasp the whole idea of, of permanent makeup. I was still doing eyebrows like I was doing makeup, you know, and without taking into consideration the skin, the anatomy, the 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 textures, the uh, lifestyles. I mean, there's so many things to take into consideration when choosing a right technique for your client. So with experience, especially with alopecia clients, you know, I had a client that I did her eyebrows and for years and years and years, she was filling them in with a pencil. So the look of the eyebrow was also always more of kind of like a fuller brow. And for me, I if someone came to me for microblading, this was a couple of years ago, maybe like three years ago, maybe even more. But she, when she came for her microblading, I assumed that she was looking for a hair-like kind of hair stroke feel. So when I did her microblading, she felt very different. And for her, it was very uncomfortable. So afterwards, when when she came back for a touch up, and we sat down, and I was like, well, what is it that you don't like about it? She said it was just really weird to have hair. So she always felt like filling it in with a pencil. So then a powder brow would have been a better option. So I think moving after moving forward after that, I think I was very conscious of it. So I learned kind of like my lesson to be more like, what is it that you really want? And then the best way to do that is to draw one and then to draw another and then to draw another and say, this is what this technique looks like. This is what this technique looks like. And this is what that will look like. This is what I need for you know, technique one, this is what I need for technique two in terms of like skin or the size of the eyebrow. Because I think, Sarah, when we were talking, I said to you, if I wanted to do hair strokes on you, I can do a very thin eyebrow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you have to take these things into consideration. You have to respect the natural brow pad because I've had clients that had you know, an area missing and then they were like, I just want to, you know, make it look whatever. So I went ahead and did it, but I always like to stay within the natural shape because there is a chance that that part of the eyebrow will grow back or another part will, will fall out. So I always want to make sure that it's as close to the natural eyebrow as possible. And that if something does grow back or disappear, then we can always recreate it the best way, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, it's important to show, to set expectations, to explain. I mean, educating your client is probably the best thing that you can do for yourself as an artist because it sets realistic expectations. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And I think what, you know, what you had said to me was just feel free to ask questions, ask anything, Mm -hmm. you know, you want. And I really appreciated that because... It, it is something that you're permanently getting on your face and, and that is 
is something that people are very cognizant of and, and very protective of as well. Of course. I wanted to talk very briefly also about just my recovery period. I know some people um, ask, you know, is it painful? What does What does the aftercare look like? For me, it was pretty, pretty easy. It didn't really hurt too much. I mean, I'd had, I used to go get my eyebrows um, threaded. Threaded, right. <laughs> and it was probably about the same pain as that. It was not, it was not at all uh, painful, really. But, you know, it, it lasted, I think we, we did like 45 minutes to an hour the, the first time. It wasn't like crazy long mm-hmm. or anything. And then um, you sent me home with, kind of a sticker to put over the eyes for the first night. And then you also gave me a balm to put on the skin as it was healing afterwards. Mm -hmm. So that was about, I would say, seven to 10 days of of using that. And then I was totally fine. I came back for the touch-up a few months, maybe a month and a half or two months later. Mm -hmm. And now my eyebrows look great. And I'm going to post them all over Instagram (laughs) as soon as we post them. (laughs) Because it looks good. But I mean, Yale, is that typically what the recovery period and, and the healing process looks like for most people? Yeah, usually like think of uh, microblading or any permanent makeup as like a very, um, like a little rug burn, you know, or like a little chafe on your skin. So that it has like a period where kind of turns, it's, it stays a little red and then it dries up a bit and then a scab forms and then that scab will stay on the skin as your, you know, whatever's beneath is uh, healing. And once that's healed, the scabs will shed. With Nano in particular, I find that the scabbing is very minimal because of the size needle and the technique that, you know, how it's uh, the pigmentism put into the skin. So I find that it's much less, but you'll get a bit of like a dry dandruffy kind of on the eyebrows. And that's what you get that little ointment for to put on and moisturize it. Clients would normally get like pads with like a, a special kind of soap and, oh, right. soap and yeah, water I mm-hmm. that one. on them. So that's just to clean the area as you're healing for the first 48 hours. Uh, you had the sticky things on your eyebrows uh, to protect those while you were sleeping because I think we did them later in the evening. You were my last client. Right. So if you don't have enough times or enough time to be wiping the eyebrows as you need to, uh, usually I would say put the sticker on and protect, it's like a little tagaderm eyebrow sticker and it protects the eyebrows when you're sleeping. So it doesn't like touch the pillow directly or your hair or whatever. But yeah, usually I'd say maximum two weeks. And with healing is also similar to the skin cell rejuvenation. The healing is faster when you are younger and it slows down when you're older. So I've had, you know, um, more mature women, when I say more mature, like over 60, uh, that would take two full weeks, two and a half weeks to heal. And then I've had like 20 year olds that within a week, everything was healed and, you know, and Bob's your uncle. It, it varies from person to person. It's, it's a very personal experience, you know, for each person I find for whether it's with alopecia or not, it's just a very personal experience customized. (laughs) Yeah. And definitely, I mean, that's very manageable. And I think for people with alopecia, like getting this done is, is, is us gaining back such an amazing thing. You know, it's so hard to lose the hair on your head, but to also lose your eyebrows. I think, you know, when you start losing them, you realize how much it changes the way your face looks. So I, I just think it's so amazing that you're able to mm-hmm. give that back to people. I, I've heard stories from, you know, people who have had microblading done and how it's just been 
such a, so amazing to them and it's totally changed their lives. Mm -hmm. What sort of reactions have you had from customers with alopecia who have gotten their brows back? Oh my God. (laughs) Don't even get me started. The amount of tears. (laughs) The amount of tears that I cry with my clients. It's it's so beautiful, you know, like I I don't charge for people who have alopecia who lost their eyebrows. So it always is this very big surprise, you know, towards the end when they're about to pay. And I say, No, it's okay, you know. You don't you don't need to just give me a hug or whatever. And I thought you were like pulling my leg. I was <laughs> I was so shocked. So like usually people go into like a full shock because they don't even know how to react. Cause I mean, people don't just do that. But um I wish more people did. Um, but usually it's like a full-blown tears or people will not know what to say and they kind of leave in a shock and then when they come back again, that's when the tears happen or they'll write me a message. I actually had a really beautiful story that I would like to share if we have time. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, there was a woman that had gone through chemotherapy and she was telling me the story and I was very touched and I decided to do the eyebrows for her for free. And I mean, like with tax and whatnot, it can come up to almost a thousand dollars. So I said, it's okay. You know, like I love you. It's been a wonderful time. I I really enjoyed our conversation. I wish you love and, and it's on me. Don't worry about it. In the end of the day, the way I really look at it, it's like, these are gifts that were the universe gave us, you know, and if you're not using or sharing your gift with light, then are you really worthy of it? You know, like, I feel like my abundance and my, all the love that I've received from the universe whether it be in my personal life or in my business life has been because of that, because I've always led with kindness, you know? So I think that's very important. So she was in shock and was just kind of stunned. And I was a couple of days later, I remember having a bath and I get a text and it was from her and she said, Hey, listen, I know that I was really stunned um, and I didn't know what to do, but when I was going through cancer, I wanted to share something with you that when I was going through cancer, Um, I was in shoppers getting my cancer medication and there was a woman in front of me that didn't have enough money to pay for her medication. And she said, I was so messed up from all the, the chemo and the pills that I didn't think. And she said, and when I walked home, I said, why didn't I pay for her medication. I was standing right there. Why didn't I just do it? And she said, I was holding so much like resentment and so much guilt that I didn't do it. And she said, and when you did that for me, she said, I walked to that shoppers. I put down a thousand dollars in cash. And I said, this will be for any person that comes in here and cannot afford to buy medication. And Uh (laughs) what a cry just talking about it (laughs) because my whole body is in goosebumps. But I just thought that it was so beautiful and it was so touching, you know, because like it's just such an act of kindness that like really doesn't take anything from me or my life, but does such a huge act of, you know, such a huge change in someone else's life can cause this beautiful ripple effect of love and and people taking care of each other, you know, because she could afford the eyebrows and she put that money somewhere else and she put it for someone who couldn't afford medication. And then it's just, I just think it's very healing. 
I think for myself and for others to do, you know, good deeds. I think it's something so fundamental in us and, and it's so healing to do good for others, you know? So lots of stuff like that. We get a lot of like donations. People be like, no, I have to pay you. And I'll be like, please, if you feel like you want to pay it forward, pay it forward to whoever you think needs it or put the money into like a donation that you choose. If you'd like to make it from Browse by Yale, you can make it from Browse by Yale. If you might like, I mean, I don't do it to, you know, for, for the name you do it for, to help. So yeah, yeah. lots of beautiful things have come out from this. Oh. What a story. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm almost in tears at this point. I think I I I was really shocked when you had said that to me and it was kind of the most the most amazing thing. Um I had I had literally just gone from like not having any hair and feeling just this complete sense of loss. And I don't know if you I, I don't know how like if your clients have ever really explained it like that. Hundred percent. Just a hundred percent. Which is so much like it's it is a physical loss, mm-hmm. but it's also this emotional it's loss. It's like a mourning. Exactly. It is. Yeah. 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 And this is, you know, something that's so um, you know, eyebrows, you think of you think of beauty, you think of but but for me it was more than that. It was it's just my appearance and my being and like it was a lot of my confidence that had also gone away Mm -hmm. and you know especially like your everyday things like going to work or getting coffee at the time and like people kind of looking at you weirdly because you don't really have eyebrows and and people look twice and it just made me feel really crappy Mm -hmm. so to be able to get that confidence and that that sense of like Sarah's back and, mm-hmm. and you know, Sarah's better than ever. And yeah. this is now so much easier for her in the morning, right? Like I just I felt I, I, I don't even have the words to tell you how grateful I was and how, you know, amazing that the whole experience has been. And I guys, like I'm obsessed with these brows. I'm like I said, I'm gonna post them everywhere. They look amazing. I, I still have, I, I still to see them uh, fully healed. Yes, I know. Well, um, of course, we went to a pandemic, and so I wasn't able sure. to come by. I wanted <laughs> to, but uh, definitely, I'm going to post some some really good pictures of of what mm-hmm. they look like now, and kind of what that the the before and the after look like as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear from a lot of my clients saying like, you know, I, I try not to be vain because. Um, you know, it's not like an internal sickness, like I'm dying or something like that. And I still try to look at the bright side and be like, I'm, you know, healthy and it's just hair. But, but I understand because I mean, first of all, people don't know that it's alopecia. So people obviously, like I've seen, um, this guy I follow, he has alopecia and people were like making comments like, well, are you going to make it buddy? Like, are you going to be like thinking that he's sick? And he's like, I have alopecia. I am not dying. (laughs) Like I'm just bald, but, um, it really is like, people can be very unkind and eyebrows really, um, you know, form an expression in the face. Um, I mean, if you shave eyebrows off of, uh, Angelina Jolie, she's not going to look like Angelina Jolie. It just really, you can really change a whole face expression with with just a shape of an eyebrow so they are huge I hear it all the time I hear clients telling me like I have a lot of men that come to me with alopecia and super hesitant and just like because it's like very demasculinizing and they just feel like my god what am I supposed to do like put makeup on my eyebrows for the rest of my life especially heterosexual men so it does give 
a sense of like, I don't have to worry. It's just one less thing to worry about. But there's a lot of grief that I see and a lot of sadness that I see that people are mourning something. And I think from my experience of just kind of talking to people and feeling people's and, and you know, sharing stories or listening to their stories, it's a, it's as it's happening. And I think, Sarah, when we were talking about your alopecia experience, you were telling me that you had just kind of come into conclusion that your eyebrows are now going to go also. So um, I think it's just comes to the point where you're like, okay, yeah, like I understand (laughs) this is what's happening. What do I want to do about it now? Yeah. For me, it was very much like uh, all of this hair loss is so out of my control, but Mm -hmm. this is in my control and there's something I can do about it, Mm -hmm. which I think to me really made all the difference. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, it's. I think it's. It's so amazing to hear about all these options that we have. You know, we we haven't always had these options as alopecians. So I'm so excited that mm-hmm. this exists for us and that people can get their brows back. It makes such a huge difference. And I have to thank you, Yale. You've provided so much amazing information. I definitely have learned a lot about microblading, and I hope that. All of our listeners can learn a lot as, as well. If I, so I want to thank you for being here today. So it's been so great to have you. And if our listeners want to to follow you, um, your Instagram is at browsebyyale. And I hope that they can, they can look you up and find out more about your business. I love that. It's such an honor. Thank you, girls. 